Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Well, we're going to complete our walk through this letter of Titus that Paul wrote all those years ago, but we're finding it so helpful and relevant to us today. We're right in the last verses, Colin, chapter 3. And we're picking it up, I think, at verse mm, eight. eight. Yes. This is a trustworthy saying. And I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. Paul is a doer, not only a hearer and a preacher of the word. And this is what he is stressing to Titus. You are to give an example. You're not just to teach the people what is right. You're to give an example from your own life. We've seen that in the early part of the letter, Paul was talking about the qualities that are required for leadership in the church and how the lifestyle of those leaders is to be an example to the rest of the body of Christ. And uh, uh, he wants everybody, you see, in the church to be devoted to doing what is good. That, that doesn't mean that they, you know, they want to walk in the flesh and sort of deny themselves sometimes and occasionally do what is good, but they really have died to the whole idea of living to please themselves, and now they're living to please God and to do what is good in his sight. And Paul said these things are excellent and profitable for everyone. So this is what will really please God, and this is what will benefit the believers doing what it is God wants them to do. And uh, uh, something that uh, I was reading a, a few days ago, um, I think is very true for a lot of Christians. The writer said, uh, most Christians don't want to disobey the Lord, but they're not completely obedient. Uh, that's a very, very perceptive uh, comment, you see, because most would say, no, I, I want to obey the Lord but they're not completely obedient. There's compromise, there's half-heartedness in some ways. And those are the issues that God has to deal with in our lives so that we wholeheartedly obey the truth, as the scripture puts it. Uh, and this is the kind of attitude that Paul is promoting here, that this is what will really be profitable for everyone. Avoid foolish controversies, he says. Yes, here's another warning. We've seen that Paul, in his letters, does this. He, 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 he all the time wants to concentrate on the truth and promote what is good and right and positive. But at the same time, he slips in the warnings as to what happens if you don't walk in the truth of God's word. So he says, avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law because these are unprofitable and useless. You know, all your charts and everything else. Uh, what is important is living the word of God. We don't need to get into arguments about when Jesus is coming again. We don't need to get into all kinds of controversies as we try to understand and interpret the book of Revelation, things like that. All those things, he says, are unprofitable and useless. What we've got to do is to get on with the business of living the life of the kingdom here and reaching out into the lives of others who don't know the Lord and seeking to bring them into that kingdom. And God will reveal to us uh, what we need to understand about the book of Revelation and all the other parts of Scripture 
which may be difficult to understand for us at present. Uh, what what he wants is is for us to get on with the task that he puts before us day to day to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then everything else will be added to us. What about these next verses? What a way to end a letter. Warn a divisive person and then warn him a second time. After that, have nothing to do with him. Uh, God hates division, doesn't he? Jesus prayed, Father, may they be one. And what he was talking about was not denominational unity. He was talking about relationship, that may we be one with each other in relationship just as the Father and the Son are one. And division is, is to be watched out for in any congregation because you will find some people want to create division. They even will want to lead some people off into a separation, or, uh, into a new church, which is based, as we saw the other day, upon wrong precepts rather than uh, upon something that is really being planted by God. If it comes out of division, then it's not really going to last. That's what I'm saying. Warn a divisive person once and then warn him a second time. You know, a church is much better off without divisive people. And there is that scripture that they went out from us because they did not belong to us. And what that is saying is their hearts were never really with us. Otherwise, they would never have been divided from us. They never would have gone from us. And so if, if, you want, if there are people that want to drift away from the truth or to break covenant with those who they're in covenant with, then you cannot stop them from doing that. Um, it's different when God is leading somebody away uh, into something new, and therefore they go with the church's blessing. Now, that's, that's, another, that's another matter altogether. We are constantly sending people out from kingdom faith because they're going out to do works of God in other places. But when people separate themselves uh, for their own reasons, then that is division, that is being divisive. Now, this is very strong language for Paul, so it's obviously a very serious problem. Do you think that he says, because you can only, you know, he says, warn them twice after that, have nothing to do with them, that if they hang around any longer, they really do cause problems? Well, look what he says, look what he says in the next verse. You may be sure that such a man is warped and sinful. He is self-condemned. You see, if he is seeking to bring division, he is opposing the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit wants to bring unity. So uh, that, that is a very, very serious offense, and, and he's putting himself in a perilous position. So we need to take very careful note of that. And then Paul rounds off the um, letter. Let's read the closing verses. As soon as I sent Artemis and Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me in Nicopolis, because I have decided to winter there. Do everything you can to help Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way, and see that they have everything they need. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order that they may provide for daily necessities and not live unproductive lives. What Paul is saying is those that God is raising up and sending out, support them, love them, care for them, uh, understand that if they're doing the work of the Lord, you need to be devoted to them because they're devoted to doing what is good. So, you know, help them in any way you can. Sustain them even by looking after their daily necessities. Uh, and in this way, you yourself will not be unproductive. You will be fruitful because you will be helping 
other people to go and fulfill the commission that God is giving to them. Interesting talking about unproductive lives, because at the end of the day, it is by fruit that we recognize God working in people, isn't it? And Jesus says that the unfruitful branches are cut out of the vine, whatever that means. It doesn't sound very good, does it? So he wants every one of us to be fruitful. And then the letter ends with, everyone with me sends you greeting. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. Well, he always ends his letters with that greeting of grace. Uh, greeting of grace, But this is an interesting phrase. Greet those who love us in the faith. Uh, Paul is very conscious of the uniqueness, the unique status, really, of the Church of Jesus Christ. He sees this as the household of God. He sees it as the body of Christ. He sees it as a living temple. He sees the church as the household of faith. He, he sees it as a, a, a body of people who are devoted to one another in love. And he sees the church as the group of people that are living the life of the kingdom as a demonstration to the world, the outworking of what Jesus said, the the light of the world, the, the salt for the earth, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. And you can't help but appreciate that Paul had a great love for the church. And having the kind of apostolic itinerant ministry he had, he didn't have love just for a church, for a congregation of which he was a part, but he had a big view of the church, a big concept of the church, and he had a love for the whole church. And that's a mark of, of, of a true apostle. And I can remember when I first started my itinerant ministry, really when God first began to raise me up in an apostolic ministry, the f one of the first things he said to me is, I've, I've given you a love for the people in the church where you've been a pastor. Now I'm going to give you a love for my whole church so that wherever you go, you will love the people there. Even those that you may disagree with doctrinally, even those where you can see that there is a lot of compromise, yet I want to give you a love for the whole church. And I think that that is so important if, if one does have a, um, uh, an itinerant kind of ministry that I believe all ministries need to come out of a church of which you are a part, uh, where you are committed and where you have um, accountability. But at the same time, you know, you have to have a love for those uh, to whom you speak. And I have to say some uh, difficult things sometimes on these programs and some contentious things. But one thing I really do pray is that people can sense that I love the church and I, I love all the people that are listening and and my desire, like Paul's, I mean, I'm only a pale reflection of Paul, but my heart is the same, to really see people impacted by the truth so that the truth of Jesus Christ will liberate them, set them free, and will so mark their lives that they will be wonderful witnesses for Jesus in the world. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com.